Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, this is your host, Johnny D. And this is Brent. Just wanted to share some big news with you guys. The Climb Show Music Business Podcast is now a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network. That's right. We're super excited to be part of this network along with some other amazing podcasts. Yeah, so make sure you check it out at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast or click the link in the episode notes to listen to some of the best shows in music. That's right. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. You're going to need leverage to make that money. Your leverage comes in the form of traffic, whether you're a singer, songwriter, indie artist, musician, whatever. you got to prove that the art that you make has value for you to take the next step up the ladder. And that's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. How cool is that? That's a Baxter name created by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones this year, too. Pretty proud of them. I also mm-hmm. help songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on a regular, he connects you with the pro so you can create a relationship. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Man, I did not get enough sleep last night. So um, <laughs> I was up prepping for our next episode and then found out like at midnight or something after I'd already prepped for like an hour, I looked and said, oh, we actually have an episode already ready to go. So I didn't need to stay up. No, I know. I feel bad about that, too, because I knew, but I didn't know. Like I saw it and then it didn't register when you said that. I couldn't it didn't register with me either. <laughs> so I'm sorry. It's all right. It's good stuff. And, and I think y'all will like it next week. Boy, there's been a lot going on since we last recorded some episodes. Mm-hmm. Man, great, great, great news. This is exciting news. This is like the sun is going to shine on all the singers and songwriters and indie artists and indie musicians' faces with this episode. So Brett and I would like to officially 
Welcome you to the middle class, musicians. Y'all come on in. <laughs> so before we take care of that, let's take care of a little business here. It's a digital world out there, and we're getting back to touring, and it's still a hugely important role for physical media on that merch table for an independent musician. The digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CDs and vinyl and T-shirts is a super, super important income generator. That's right. You know, for every CD you sell at a gig, you need about 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That is a lot of streams. We're going to talk a lot about streaming today. So we're not against streams for artists and stuff. But man, you're leaving money on the table when you don't have merch on the table. Why shut off potential revenue sources? So thankfully, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your disc and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. That's right. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to consume podcasts. You can always, mm-hmm. of course, you can always find us at the American Songwriter Podcast Network on americansongwriter.com. Mm-hmm. Leave a rating and review, five stars if you can. But if you can't, just be honest and we'll read it on the air. Tell a friend about it and join the client community, thriving community. We got a lot going on in there. Brent and I are in there on a regular. Mm-hmm. We got people helping people. They're asking songwriter questions. They're getting hooked up with co-writes, and they're getting success from some of the songwriter hookups in there, which I'm thrilled about. Yeah. And hey, you know, if you want to ask a question to a bunch of people who are serious about their careers and grab the marketing bull by the horns and making their songwriting and their recordings competitive, this is the place you want to be. So you got to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. Just be good boys and girls. We give you places to shine. Don't try to do it on your own. You're going to get in trouble. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I want to share a little bit. Every Wednesday, we have something called New Heights. It's a post, and we encourage you to share your successes, big and small. We love them all. And so I'm just going to share uh, one or two here that I see on here. This is from Sunday Joe Graham. She said, I ran a Facebook ad for Tootie Mae. That's her comedy name, her artist name for her comedy stuff. She writes in different genres, but her comedy stuff falls under 2D May. And she has a song which is called One Block Velveeta. It's a parody of uh, Luke Bryan's One Margarita. Yeah. So it's One Block Velveeta. So she ran a Facebook ad for that. She said, I've spent less than $10 and it's had 289 engagements, 193 reactions, and 27 shares. That's more laughter being shared with the world. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Congratulations, Sunday. I love that. Congratulations, Tootie May. She's been emailing with me. We might be doing a consult here coming up soon. So Excellent. All right. Well, let's get down to business here. Mm-hmm. So I am going to comment and just sort of unpack a few articles that have come out specifically around Daniel Eck, who is the 37-year-old CEO of Spotify. Mm -hmm. And the big one that sort of rattled everybody's chain here, well, didn't rattle everybody's chain. The big one that got me the most excited, then we'll get into the chain rattling, (laughs) was the headline was on Music Business Worldwide, and it said that Spotify thinks the top 40 is over. And this was a basically some key takeaways that happened from the second quarter results of Spotify, where he has to report to the stockholders. What's the significance of the top 40? Now, some of you may have heard, you know, some other sound bites from this. So the top 40 is dead. It's now the top 43,000. But what does that mean? Right? Yeah. So I want to unpack that. Prior to streaming, there's only two choices to listen to music. You either listen to what you owned or you listen to the radio. Mm -hmm. Typically, the top 40 
that year was going to represent 90% of all the radio spins mm-hmm. across the country, right? The top 40, 90% of all the radio spins are in the top 40. Now, that doesn't by any means signify that there was 40 artists in the top 40, <laughs> <laughs> right? right? If you got a couple killer releases that come out that year and those artists have at least, let's say, you know, two singles off of there or three singles off of there, you might be looking at the top 40 that represents 90% of the radio spins in the United States, which is where the money was made in the publishing or a huge chunk of where the money was made in the publishing. It might be 20, 25 artists, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Very, sure. very exclusive club. And this is why this is such good news. I'm so excited to share it with everybody. This speaks to the way the digital platform is changing from the broadcast platform. Essentially, mathematically constricting was how you would describe physical distribution, mm-hmm. right? Every single space on your grocery store, that's physical distribution, that's brick and mortar. Every single space they have for the smallest little hot sauce bottle, that space is worth money. Right. And if they're not generating a profit on that little you know, half inch or one inch square space of retail space, then they're going to take that product off and put something on. You're only going to have the top sellers. Yeah, exactly. It's not even are you turning a profit? Could we be making more profit off that square inch? Yes. With somebody else because we'll go there. And since it's limited by physical real estate, you can't put all these different products and they're not all these different products aren't allowed to make money because there's just not space. So only the most profitable products are going to be on there. And same thing with Blockbuster. If you think about Blockbuster, did Blockbuster have documentaries? Yeah. But Blockbuster, by the name, what are they selling? Blockbuster. They're renting Blockbuster DVDs, right? Right. But then Netflix comes along and now all of a sudden there are an endless amount of documentaries that are available on Netflix because it's streaming. There's no physical space to be taken care of. And so all of a sudden it opens up the access. People can access these other titles. And if it's good and if they're marketing it, hello, and making people Mm -hmm. aware that it's available, then you have the opportunity to make money because you can get it into the hands of the people. So the same thing is what's happening here in the music industry. So the way that Spotify defines the top tier, quote unquote, are these are the artists that represent 90% of all the streams on Spotify in the same way that the top 40 is mostly like 90% of all the radio spins back in the day. How many artists are representing 90% of all the streams? And this Q2 meeting, this is just a couple weeks ago, they had this meeting. This article came out on July 29th. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was 43,000 artists. Wow. 43,000 artists represent 90% of all the streams on Spotify. And that may seem like trivial to you, but when Mm -hmm. you think about what I just said on radio, where it wasn't 40 artists in the top 40, I don't know that there was ever a year with 40 artists in the top 40. (laughs) Right. right? I mean, I think it would probably be, you know, much less than that, like 30 or 25 artists with multiple hits from a really killer record. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very, very close club. And so let's talk about the growth here for a second. Okay. At the close of 2017, so they're looking back on the year of 2016, there were 22,000 artists 
in that top tier. 22,000 artists made 90% of all the streams. Mm-hmm. So that was a 28% rise from the previous year, which was reported in 2016, but it was reporting on 2015, where there's only 16,000 artists. Mm-hmm. So at the close of 2018, which was you know, reported in 2019, right? There was 30,000 in the top tier. Mm-hmm. And now 2020, there's 43,000 in the top yeah. tier. So the surprisingly small group of artists that shares the 90% of the streams on Spotify today has almost doubled in number in the past three years mm-hmm. and has nearly tripled in the last five years. Another way to put that here, guys, is that the exclusive club of artists attracting the majority of streams on Spotify is getting significantly less exclusive. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, because we've got artists that are figuring out, number one, how to market, and number two, that they don't need anybody's permission to find their audience. The spoils are being shared more widely. The middle class of artists is on the rise in a very significant way. And this article went in to think, it was like a few more paragraphs down, and this is exactly where my head went, was think about this, big picture, go up to 30,000 feet. The major record companies and all the major firms who traditionally thrive in a world where the blockbuster artists exclusively hog all the streams, Mm -hmm. how are they reacting to this market shift? Isn't that going to be pretty interesting? Yeah. If you look at Netflix, right, if we go back to that comparison, do documentaries make as much as like a big blockbuster movie that Netflix creates with, you know, like the one, what was the one where everybody was blindfolded and it was Sandra? Um, uh, Bullock, yeah, uh, the Birdcage, Sandra Bullock. I think. Or yeah. Bird Box, Bird Box, yeah. Bird Box, yeah. So, you know, that's a big, huge blockbuster. That's probably got, I, I don't know the numbers, but that's probably got a significantly amount of more streams than all the documentaries probably combined. Mm-hmm. But all those documentaries, they're making money. They get yeah. traffic. They generate revenue, right? Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. And I think I go back to thinking about the things we haven't thought of yet, like the way that American Songwriter Magazine put together a podcast network with 15 different podcasts. So all of a sudden now that network as an aggregate mm-hmm. becomes extremely attractive to advertisers. Yeah. Right. Because why? Because of the traffic. Mm hmm. Right. He or she who owns the traffic rules the road. That's a Brent line before the podcast. (laughs) I'm going to give credit where credit is due. But but if you own the traffic, you control the road and think about what that means. The labels used to control the traffic because you weren't going to get any traffic unless you were on the radio. And the only way you could get on the radio is if you were on a label. Mm hmm. That's still today the truth. You're not going to get on P1 Radio unless you're with a major label. That's why it was such a big deal a few years ago when Bobby Bones started spinning. Because you know, he'll do that. Some he's one, of the, you know, like the top country DJ, right, out of Nashville. Oh, yeah, I think 80 different stations he's simulcast on. Yeah. I don't even know, but I know he's from Arkansas and he's Arkansas proud. So woo pig. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so when it was such a big deal when he got a hold of Christiansen's Independent, buy me a boat, and started spinning it because he thought it was cool. And when he started spinning Chris Stapleton, because he thought he was cool before other people outside of Nashville knew who Chris Stapleton was. And then, like, Buy Me a Boat blows up, and now Chris Jansen's signed and has a thriving career. That's why that was such a big deal, because you didn't get that kind of attention on a national brand for this independent stuff. Yeah. But Bobby could do that. But that's why it made news, because it was the exception. 
Yes, I'll tell you this. Like, let's go down a bigger rabbit hole. Like, if you take a look at John Ojaka, right, who's created the the music mastermind. Oh, gosh, I'm ruining his name right now. The, <laughs> the Music Marketing Manifesto, MMM. There we go. Sorry, John. But, I mean, he's literally like the godfather of, while well, we were doing digital marketing for studios and for bigger ticket items 11 years ago, I didn't know how it would work for a $10 product, right, for a CD. Right, yeah. I couldn't get my head around it. And then I took his course and I was like, holy crap, okay, now I see the light. He's right. This is where this needs to go. And so we've been steadily, you know, putting together the machine to make that happen for our artists. But John Ojaka broke in the same kind of fashion like what you're talking about. It was Rodney Bingham on Binghamheimer, on Rodney on the Rock, on a station, and I'm forgetting the station now, in California. But it's been around forever. And because that station was a leading station that all the other radio indie radio stations followed he got spun a couple times on that station people called in and loved it in california and then he got into rotation on that station and then all of the other stations followed suit so he didn't have a record deal he just had a whole lot of spins and a whole lot of attention and then he got a record deal Mm -hmm. and then they still screwed it up and that's why he started the music manifesto (laughs) the music marketing manifesto but the same thing like he got lucky because like one DJ with a whole buttload of influence across the whole country Mm -hmm. gave that song a chance. And that's just exactly what you described with Bobby Bones. But that's a lottery ticket. You can't bet on that. That's a pretty poor business model if that's what you're hanging it on. So here you got a situation where it's vastly different now and you can make that happen. So What's the universe look like? I mean, right now, Spotify's got 8 million paid subscribers, 3.1 million in Europe, 2.3 million in North America. That's just Spotify now. You know, you've got Apple, you've got Amazon. Mm-hmm. But across all the streaming platforms, guys, we're still in the baby stages. This is not a mature market. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be more and more people get into streaming and start to realize we're still in the early stages of the early majority when it comes to streaming. Mm-hmm. We have not reached the peak of that bell curve yet. And once we reach the peak of that bell curve, there's going to be still a buttload of people joining as the late majority comes in before essentially you're going to get all people who like to listen to music are going to be streaming. Mm-hmm. Okay, as that comes around and it works that way. So, what does that mean? Well, another article that came out, this was very recently, actually, August 19th. This is in Digital Music News. Was AWAL, A W A L, says hundreds of artists are earning over $100,000 a year from streaming. Ooh. Just from streaming. Yeah. And might I note that artist revenues off places like Spotify are much better than what they pay songwriters. So. Yes. What I want to do is just continually give everybody a bigger picture on how the chess pieces are being moved and how the free market is putting pressure on the industry to make certain moves. Like, you know, one of the big takeaways from the original article we were talking about with Daniel X talking about the top 40 is dead. Now it's the top 43,000 is how are the big businesses? How are the major record labels? How are the big management firms and the major publishing companies? How are they going to pivot? You know, how are they going to react to this market shift? Mm -hmm. Now there's money to be made in the middle class. Yeah. A lot of money to be made in the middle class. And how are their brains going to figure it out? Because they're going to figure it out. These are smart people. Yeah. And they're going to be like, you know what? We're leaving money on the table. We should create an aggregate like the way that even baseball teams where they have farm teams, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to give you a deal where we're going to give you a little bit of 
marketing money or maybe some exposure on our streaming platform because eventually the labels are going to be streaming their own stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Okay, why would you split with anybody? Or at least business is going to shift where all the money goes to the people who own the intellectual property first. Mm-hmm. And then if it's on a streaming platform like Spotify or Amazon, maybe you're going to pay a fee to have it on that platform if there's some benefit from that. But I mean, Taylor Swift fans are going to find the new Taylor Swift song no matter where it is. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't matter if it's Spotify or Amazon or anything. They're going to find it. They're going to find it when they're not supposed to find it. That's right. Fact. Yeah. So there's lots of musicians now, hundreds, earning over $100,000. That number, this is what's exciting, jumped 40% last year. Nice. Over last year's numbers, the amount of musicians that were earning $100,000 in streaming jumped 40% this year. So that's money in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, that's not me. Well, it's because you're not marketing yet. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Either the music's not there or the marketing's not there. That's the other thing, Brent. And you and I, I know we are shoulder to shoulder on this. It's like, sorry, we just keep taking away your excuses. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's talk about that a little bit. And then we'll get into the songwriting thing. Mm -hmm. So... Another Daniel Ek moment where he pissed off the whole music industry and got a lot of backlash from big time musicians, man. Mm -hmm. I think like Kid Rock and a few other people just laid into him, right? And basically he told musicians to release more music if they want to survive. (laughs) Yeah. I believe the phrase was- Like work harder. Work harder. Yeah. And everybody gets pissed off because the way they read that title, and believe me, I'm sure the headline on this article was- specifically created to oh i mean come on that's yeah yeah this is brilliant it got a lot of attention a lot of free press right mm-hmm. but everybody was just like oh you should pay us more rah, 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 rah. but that's not what this article was about that's not what he was saying he's talking about honoring the digital platform most artists most musicians they're not honoring the digital platform mm-hmm. okay and what do i mean by that well You have to understand how it's consumed and how different it is from the broadcast platforms. And if you don't, you're going to do so at your own peril. And most people are frustrated because they're trying to do what they've always done on broadcast platforms and apply that to digital and it doesn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what do I mean by that? Consistency trumps everything. Mm hmm. Everything. It's more important to be consistent than it is to play the game the way they used to play the game. Okay? Mm, sure. So let's just compare some apples and apples here. Okay? In the old music Fun business, board game, by the way. That's a fun board game. Is that a board game? It is. Apples, apples and apples. apples. Apples to apples. Yeah. It's, oh, it's I don't even know that game. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not a drinking game. So that'd be like apple that's martinis why, to apple martinis. That's why I wouldn't know. Yeah. That's, right. that's, that's why I don't know. <laughs> All right. No kids, no alcohol. I'm, I'm out. What? It's apple what martini to apple pie moonshine. Yeah. That's, we're <laughs> that's at different right. places in life, Johnny. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. I'm interested right, yeah. in that game. <laughs> the old music business, the release strategy would be you get the record done. It's not for sale yet in the physical distribution mm-hmm. channels. You put the first song out, the first single's released, and you're going to let that heat up on the radio for, let's say, maybe you know, three, four months, right? Let it climb up the charts. Yeah. And then you're going to drop the record. The life of that first single is going to be probably six months, maybe. We're talking averages here. Then you're going to release the second single, hopefully. It's going to be another six months. And if the record continues to do well, 
they might even release like a third single off of it, right? So now yeah. you're 18 months in on the same 10 or 12 song album, and that's the way that it would work. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at the Chainsmokers release strategy. That doesn't work on digital the old way. Right. Because they're going to forget about you. Yeah. The old way doesn't work on digital. You have one song out for six months. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. That's gone. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Let me give you a real world example. We worked with a 12 year old artist about four or five years ago, and this is through zero promotion, mind you, just strictly blood, sweat and tears and understanding how YouTube works through regular, consistent content. She would release acoustic vocals of cover songs. We built up her YouTube channel, the 450,000 video views and over 4,500 subscribers. Mm -hmm. But the momentum that we created was what's significant. So it got to a point where if the video performed poorly from our perspective, we would still get five, 6,000 views. Yeah. Okay. Which on day one, that would have been amazing. Right. It would have been amazing. We expected that video, if it was performing on average, the way we anticipated it to, to get somewhere between, let's say, eight and 12,000 views. That would be what we expected. Mm-hmm. And we had more than two handfuls of above average performers, which would have been maybe 12,000 to 25,000 views, right? We had mm-hmm. a bunch of those. And then a couple like stellar performers, one at 60,000, one at 150,000, zero promotion. Promotion meaning promotion money. Right. Zero promotion money. We did not spend any ad money whatsoever on this whole channel ever. This was just organic, hardcore promotion on the artists, pages and stuff like that. But here's the thing. Her first single comes out, okay? Mm -hmm. And we go to radio with the first single. So this is where, like, the old methodology for releasing music, if you're not paying attention, it ruined the momentum we created doing it the new way because she stopped doing those cover songs, okay? She stopped the consistent output of new material. Basically, she made the 
assumption like, okay, well, this got me to now I can play the old game. The new game got me into the old game, right? So I'm going to stop playing the new game because yeah. it got me in the old game. Now I'm going to play the radio game, put out one single every six months. and Exactly. Be big time. Exactly. Right. And what happened? So you know what? We charted her. We got her in the top 30, I think. Yeah, we got her in the top 30 on radio. Like the Music Row chart, that kind of thing? Yeah, Music Row chart, secondary radio. Yeah, yeah, for an indie artist. Mm-hmm. And that plus $2.51 will get her a cup of coffee, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. how does that shake out for her? There's just nothing there, right? So long story short, she goes back about two years later, and she's still got all those subscribers, Mm-hmm. Right, forty five hundred subscribers, and she starts to do cover songs again. Yeah, people don't like unsubscribe Correct. usually to YouTube. That's right. So she goes back to release the material, and what happens? A couple hundred views here, a couple hundred views there. They're gone. I mean, it's weird. They're yeah, they still have the subscribers, but they're not engaged anymore. Right. So let's unpack this more. Let's talk about the chain smokers and the way they release. Okay. So they release one song a month. If they've got a 12 song record, they're going to release one song a month. Each one has a video and they're going to do that for 12 months, Mm -hmm. right? One a month. That's what they're going to do. Now, the record label, not happy about that. (laughs) You don't do it this way. That's not going to make our radio promotion department happy. And they're probably maybe the first artist to have the stones to say, we don't care. Yeah. If you don't want to release it on radio, that's okay. If you want to release it on radio, that's okay too. But this is what we're doing because we understand digital and you don't. Well, that and besides, traditionally, artists don't make their money off record sales. That goes to pay back the label. They make their money off live appearances, shows, merch, right? Yeah. You know, if this is going to help me stay front and center and get more people to my shows, eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why I make my living anyway. Now watch what happens here. Follow me on this. Okay, so what does everybody start thinking? What's everybody's reeling right now in their head? They're like, oh, I got a video for 12 songs. Like, who's got that kind of money? Because you're thinking about it in the old way. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about what you could do with a music video if you had major label money and only two releases. Yeah, you're thinking, how am I going to do a Michael Jackson video? Yeah. How am I going to get that sidewalk to light up when I step on it? (laughs) Billy Jean, right. But two of the Chainsmokers' biggest videos cost them a combined total of an auto rental for one day. (laughs) (laughs) The Closer Lyric video, because it has in the lyric, Range Rover is in the lyric. So they rented a Range Rover, their videographer friend did, and took a couple friend of his out up and down the California coast and they shot some stuff. And that has over a billion views. Wow. Okay. The proper music video for Hope, which I believe Dua Lipa was the guest vocal in that. Don't quote me on that. But like literally the manager called him the night before it was released. He's like, hey, you mother efforts we need a video for this come on and they're like oh yeah right okay hold on and so they shot it in the house that night (laughs) it cost them nothing it was creative it was cool it wasn't a big fancy schmancy production and that has over 600 million views Mm -hmm. so do they have to be like knock down drag out no you want to make that cost less expensive if you now are getting your head around the fact that you have to release and do a video for everything starting to see what i mean by you need to get that video equipment and not the new guitar yeah you need to get that lighting equipment not the new plug-in because you're going to use it but think about it let's say you've got a great record and it gets to three singles and so you release three videos and promoted three songs and of course you're doing radio tour and all that stuff but the Chainsmokers did 12 songs and 12 videos. That's more work, isn't it? That's four times the amount of work for the same release. Mm-hmm. 
So this is what Eck was talking about. He's breaking down, like, hey, this is a digital world. You're going to have to put out more music. Not because I'm not going to pay you anymore. And so if you want to make more, you should shut up and just put out more music. No, because if you don't put out more music or at least more content, they're going to forget about you. Yeah, your business won't grow. Okay, your business won't grow on the digital model. But I think that was significant. I wanted to cover that. And then the final thing I want to touch oh, on hey, here. One thing real quick. Yeah. While we're thinking about this, it makes me think of like as a songwriter analogy. If you're also a songwriter and you want to get cuts, would you say, well, I'm going to do like the artist release strategy for the big labels. Like I'm going to work on a song. You know, I'm going to write like 10 songs a year. I'm going to have a, three of them that I pitch and work really hard for like six months at a time. I'll demo this one up, make it sound really good. And I'm going to work this song for like six months trying to get somebody to record it. And then I'll work on my next demo single for the next six months and try to get that cut. Right. I mean, yeah. how do you think your songwriting yeah. career is going to go? It's going to go nowhere. What do I do as a songwriter? <laughs> yeah. I consistently right. put out content, right? So I'm consistently writing, demoing what meets the bar, right? Not every song deserves a single. It's not going to solve mine or anyone else's problems, except for the people I hire to sing it. <laughs> but I'm consistently putting out content so I can consistently go back to my contacts that are publishers, that are A&R people, that are producers, so they don't forget about me over the next however long. You know, you keep coming with good stuff, and that keeps you a little more in mind. They're more likely to open your email. They haven't forgotten to figure you move back to Boise. And the other thing is, I don't know which of mine are going to hit. Right. I didn't know Monday Morning Church was going to hit. I didn't know Crickets was going to be one that got cut. You know, you just don't know. You write them and you think these are all great. That's why you demo them and that's why you put them out there. But then want to catch. Yeah. Right. If I had to put my money behind like a songwriter single, it probably wouldn't have been Monday Morning Church. It probably would have been something that was more up-tempo or whatever. And I would have been wrong. I wouldn't have a top five with that. Or... I think there's lessons. Like, you would not operate that way as a songwriter, only putting out a demo for six months and trying to work that one and then do... No, you're consistently putting out content. You need to do the same thing as as an artist. Anyway, that was just my little sidebar. No, that's good. And it makes so much sense. How about if we apply that with what we did on the podcast, mm-hmm. right? When we added the mini-sodes in, mm-hmm. which we did because we stumbled across some stuff in a very sort of organic way that... We thought, wow, we could make this into a little Mm -hmm. 15-minute feature that would be good. But have we increased the amount of downloads because we've added that extra content? Oh, Oh, for sure. Yeah, and people like that content, you know. Yeah. So it increases the value and the frequency that we're getting in people's earbuds and made us more attractive to the American Songwriter Podcast Network. We had more episodes, more total downloads, increase our street cred. From a creative perspective, guys, I think... Songwriters, indie artists, creators, they should love this. Because it just means you gotta keep creating, keep creating, keep creating. But what you gotta be focused on is, and these are just, you know, the streaming numbers were just the hundred thousand bucks a year from AWOL. That's only streaming. That doesn't include ticket sales. That doesn't include merch. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include advertising. If you have an audience built up and a subscribership built up on your Facebook video platform or your YouTube video platform, 
right? If you have regular traffic going there and you have a six-figure subscribership, you're going to be able to negotiate the ad costs on that. Why? Because you have more eyeballs for the same reason that if you're going to sell commercial time on the Super Bowl, you can charge way more than what you're going to sell commercial time for the same two NFL teams at the beginning of the season. On the first game, right? Is it valuable? Yeah. Are they going to pay? Yeah. But they're going to pay way more for the Super Bowl. Why? Because it's a bigger audience. You have leverage. You have the leverage, but you got to think about it this way. You have to think about it this way. You have to know that you're a media company. You're a network. So you have to create content that's going to drive traffic. And when you drive traffic, you're going to get paid. That's the long and the short of it, period, end of story. People will come out of the woodwork and be there. I mean, hey, this American songwriter thing, this was at a party. I was talking to a friend of mine who switched jobs, ends up working over at American Songwriter. And he's like, yeah, we're putting together this podcast. And then he looked at me, he's like, oh, man, I totally forgot. You got a killer podcast. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this. You know, what's going on? Yeah. And so we got to be a part of that. But if I didn't have the content, right, if Mm -hmm. you didn't have the content, we wouldn't be here. Right. If we're like, we should start a podcast. Right. How do you want that conversation to go? Have that relationship where you don't have something started? You don't have an amount of traffic that you can show them that looks exciting, that makes you attractive? Or, hey, I need to start one. We should go do that. You see what we're saying here? you got to be doing the work. Mm -hmm. So final thing here is another piece of news that came out very recently was that Spotify is fighting that 44% royalty increase. Yeah. And that's pissing songwriters off as it should be. Mm Mm-hmm. And indie artists and everything like that. But fear not. Don't let your heart be troubled. (laughs) Here's what I think is going on. Okay, I'm going to give you my take on this. I could be wrong, but so far, I kind of feel like I'm batting a thousand on this stuff. I kind of feel Mm -hmm. like the stuff we've been preaching for the last four years is exactly what's happening, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know that I've been wrong on one of them. Maybe I have been. There's got to be one I've been wrong on or two. But most of this stuff I've been spot on with, okay? So... Let's talk about monopolies. Let's talk about AT&T. Back in the day, AT&T was a monopoly. Like Ma Bell is what they called it, right? Mm -hmm. And they knew they were a monopoly. And so then they tried to hide the fact that they were a monopoly because that's not good for consumers, right? So they, all of a sudden, they split it up into different companies. One was Illinois Bell, Wisconsin Bell, Arkansas Bell. And so they called it different names and make it look like they were different companies. Mm -hmm. But eventually the government's like, no. You like Diet Coke and Cherry Coke, that's still Coke. Exactly. And the importance here was that they paid for the infrastructure. And what's the infrastructure? All the telephone lines, all the telephone poles, whether they were telephone poles and the lines were above ground or whether they were in the ground at the time, this is back in the 80s, and the telephone lines were there. One company paid to build all that up and they owned all of that. And so they mm-hmm. got to charge whatever they wanted to charge because you didn't have a choice. Right. Right. As a consumer. And long distance used to cost 25 cents a minute. Mm -hmm. And that sounds crazy. But let me tell you something. I mean, I remember being in high school with a guy who was dating a girl who's literally went to another school. But that school was like three miles from where he lived. So they were together all the time. But it also happened to be just a different area code. Yeah. Even though, so geographically, they were very close. This was a very doable relationship, but this wasn't long distance relationship, but because the area code was different, it was long distance. And I remember that dude getting in a boatload of trouble because the phone bill that his dad got one month was like 800 bucks (laughs) in long distance. (laughs) And the guy, you know, oh my God, he lost it. Yeah, Yeah. He freaked out. So 
the government came in, and this is a proper role for government to do. They said, look, the infrastructure for communication is for the people. And so they said, we're going to break this up. You have to allow other companies to compete using the telephone lines that you built. And that's going to start five years from now, mm-hmm. right? So what's going to happen in between the time that that ruling happens and when it comes into effect, they're going to try to get everything that they can in the sunset of the monopoly, Yeah. right? And so that's what they did. I mean, long distance went up to 35 cents a minute. But now what's the end result from that deregulation? Now I have a plan on Verizon where I pay a flat rate of $125 a month. I have unlimited data, which is important to me because when my freaking Wi-Fi goes out in the office, I can go to a hotspot on my phone. I don't pay extra for it, right? Mm -hmm. I have unlimited long-distance calling and unlimited calling to Canada. So it's even an international plan for all of that because I have plenty of clients in Canada, and that's valuable to me. Me, all for a flat rate, the same rate every single time. Why? Because there's tons of companies competing Competition, for baby. my dollar. Yeah, that's right. So I think what you're seeing here is they're just going to fight this because they're just going to try to keep it instilled as long as they can. But once again, people, Spotify is not your master. Spotify doesn't own the traffic. You own the traffic. 43,000 of you own 93% of the traffic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when Taylor Swift comes out with a new single, whether it's on Spotify or exclusively on Amazon or exclusively on Apple music or exclusively on her own dang server with an app, she's going to get a billion streams Mm -hmm. and she's going to create a certain amount of money because she's got regular traffic, consistent traffic and that's what's going to happen so let not your hearts be troubled Mm -hmm. on this thing it's going to work itself out at some point you're going to see the record industry do what the movie industry did they're going to go in and nbc's got their own streaming service Mm -hmm. cbs abc hbo warner disney has their own streaming service they all have their own why because they own the intellectual property they collect 100 percent of the revenue and they get the data Mm-hmm. Okay, to learn how to do this better. Well, the same thing's going to happen with the labels. It's going to happen sooner than later. I don't know exactly when, but once that piece of the pie is taken out of Spotify, is going to become a service. Like, hey, we're going to pay you to rent, you know, a little space on your place because you got the cool playlist and you got some features that maybe we don't have. And you're an aggregate sort of. They're almost like a cable company that can package up what shows are important to you, yeah. right? And we can customize that and put it here for one low, low price. And it's going to be that kind of a thing. But they're going to be collecting the money first. And the writers are going to get paid more because the record industry knows and the artists know that they need the writers. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so that's going to change just from sheer competition, because as this market matures and the labels take back the intellectual property and it becomes clear that he who owns the traffic controls the road, then people, in order to make money off of the traffic, they're going to have to compete yeah. for the traffic. Right. That, isn't that what Facebook's doing with YouTube? Oh, yeah. Right? Uh-oh. Hear that? <laughs> <laughs> And also for songwriters, I mean, when it goes to the labels, when they start putting their own content out as their own platforms, this will be good for songwriters because we're used to talking to labels about, hey, what they're going to pay us, right, as songwriters and publishers. 
the publishers deal with the labels and talk about, you know, hey, what are we getting paid on this? You know, there's government control as far as our like statutory mechanical rate, but we're just used to dealing with them and we get a better deal with the labels than we will from Spotify. Spotify is like, we really don't deal with the writers. We don't care. You know, the artists get better deals from Spotify because they negotiate with Spotify. They have some more leverage yeah. there. We're just kind of brought in with that. And so we're treated like the redheaded stepchild, you know? So yeah. I think if labels start putting out their own platforms and the content on there, we're going to get a better deal because publishers and labels are much more simpatico. Of course, labels don't want to give away the store to publishers. You know, they never want to do that. But I think it's going to be a better deal. Yeah. And think about this. So before a writer and an artist had to get together and make a product, right? And then Mm -hmm. the artist needed to go to a publicly traded company and get the nod from the record label, which had to go to a second publicly traded company and had to get the nod from radio for it to generate any revenue to begin with. Mm -hmm. Okay. But now that doesn't happen. So what's to stop? let's say a match made in heaven, like your Bernie Toppin, Elton John relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Or your Keith Richards and Mick Jagger relationship, or your Joe Perry, Stephen Todd. Like when a couple of writers get together and they're really hitting it off for that artist to say, Hey, let's make a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm going to give you a piece of this action, but you got to be here all the time. All of a sudden it becomes much more fluid for these 43,000 artists that represent 90% of the streaming revenue. Mm-hmm to start making deals. And believe me, we need writers. These streams aren't going to happen if the songs suck. (laughs) So, you know, for the writers that are out there, it's going to be a lot easier to generate that money moving forward. And I don't mean like easier in the form of less work, but I mean easier in the form of you can choose and you can make it happen. And you don't need to rely on any kind of politics or any kind of relationships from other people that can squash you. Yeah. Right. That can decide you're not going to make it this way. You can decide if you're going to make it. And when you do that, what's to stop the artists or the indie label that they're working on or even the major label? You know, how are they, again, how are they going to react to these numbers? Mm-hmm. There's money on the table there that they can generate. Now, maybe it's not exciting for them to help like one artist, but again, like the way that American Songwriter did with the Music Business Podcast Network, labels can do the same. Say, hey, but if we had, you know, 30 artists, Mm -hmm. and we just sort of gave them a little amount of attention, but we gave them this platform over here so we can watch what they're doing and how they're doing it. And then it's like a AAA farm team, right? Mm -hmm. And then as the stars begin to rise, we can pull them up from the farm team and put them in the show kind of a thing. Like there's a million ways to skin this cat, but the writers are going to be paid more because number one, there's going to be more money to pass around. And number two, at some point, the writers are going to figure out and the artists are going to figure out that the traffic wins. And hey, if I'm helping you create the traffic, I want a piece of this. And then you know what? It's market value. Like, okay, what's that worth to you? You know, well, I want... You know, I want 5% of it. I want 10% of it. And the really, really good writers are going to be able to go and do that, maybe on a project-by-project basis or even a song-by-song basis. But they're going to get more than just what the government says they can get because it's not filtered through the kings anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? It's up to us to make the deals. And we can do that. But, of course, you're not going to do that. Of course, there's going to be a lot of writers right now that are never going to get a freaking cut because I just said that. And all they're going to be like, well, if I'm not getting 5%, then screw you. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, go make yourself undeniable. 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Go be undeniable if you're an artist. Go be undeniable if you're a writer. And this is all going to mature up and it's all going to come around and nobody's going to care what the laws were that Spotify got through there. Because if you're Taylor Swift and you got a billion streams or if you're 43,000 artists and somebody else comes along and says, hey, I got a platform for your 43,000 artists that are in the middle class and we'll pay you twice what they pay you if you come over to our platform. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, it's not that far away, guys. So hang in there. That's all I wanted to say about that today. There's a lot of news to cover, and it's all really good news. Things are going well here. And, you know, even in the face of COVID, a lot of artists have been forced to pivot. We can help you pivot if it's in the form of a consultation. Email us at info at daredevilproduction.com. Put consultation in the subject line, and we'll set up some time where we can go over all your assets directly and put together a custom plan for you. Hey, if you got the budget and you need somebody that knows digital to do this, because there are a lot of people in the music industry right now, really high levels, who've got digital marketing services that don't know digital. I can promise you that. Okay, I got story upon story. If you want somebody who knows digital, give us a call or email us at info at production.com and we can talk about that and finally get that free download of the 21 biggest reasons that you don't have more fans and how to fix it just go to giftfromjohnny.com j-o-h-n-n-y giftfromjohnny.com and just tell us where to send it you don't have to put anything just tell us where to send it it's free to you all right this podcast exists because we want you to win guys so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.